0: Welcome to the Three Strands Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It is our hope and prayer that you will experience God's blessing in your life through our ministry. At Three Strands Church, our goal is to create a culture of redemption where people are free to experience the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. Some of you that weren't here last year shared a little bit about how it came to know David. lived one block away exactly. I lived at 1910 2nd Avenue, he lived at 2010 2nd Avenue, and uh, started going to the same church that David was attending, and it's through that that I actually, him inviting me and his brother George inviting me to Iwana at uh, Grace Bible Church that I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and um, so I thank your pastor uh, for inviting me many, 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 and his brother and his mom many, many years ago to uh, to go to their church, and uh, that ministry I became very near and dear to my heart that, after being a youth pastor for several years, I wound up going and becoming an Iwana missionary in the state of Ohio and I worked with four hundred and thirty seven churches there so that was that was a adventure but it was it was quite quite gratifying as far as ministry went and uh, the Lord has now led me into leading a nonprofit organization and uh, that's what I do now and uh, most of that is emphasized on on working with parents to better the relationships with their children uh, and their teenagers so Well, this morning we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, many of you probably already have have, uh, at some point heard Hebrews chapter 11, that is a story of uh, a chapter of faithful men, people that have lived by faith throughout scriptures, and we'll be referring back to them a little bit today, but in Hebrews chapter 12, I want to talk about running a race. Any racers in here? Anybody Run? Is David the only one? (laughs) Yesterday when we came, David was like, so what do you want to do? You want to go for a run or a walk? I'm like, I don't think a run's going to happen. But uh, (laughs) um, if he was, he was going by himself. I'd just follow behind slowly. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, the race of faith today in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, I can think of my own life different times. Uh, I was a racer. Um, I know it doesn't show now. But uh, when I was in junior high and high school, even elementary school, uh, I ran track, and, uh, and there was one guy that I always beat, but my senior year, couldn't beat him, and that was David's brother, George. And uh, I had beat him all those years, and I remember, I think your brother even shaved his legs that last year. I'm not sure if that had an effect, but uh, he did beat me that year, so maybe there's some truth to that, aerodynamics, perhaps. But uh, this morning, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the Christian faith and our race as believers. Um, Throughout scripture, there are some things that uh, are noted in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, uh, it notes an emphasis on being steadfast in our faith and it warns against developing unbelief. Sometimes that's easy for us to do, especially when we've been through a trial in our life and things are going so difficult, we begin to doubt God, don't we? We begin to doubt whether God exists, and if there is a God, then why does God allow good things to happen, or bad things to happen to good people? It hurts, and we sit there when we might question God or have unbelief in him at that time. Another thing is the need for faith that endures, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 to 12, and 10, verses 36 to 29. But in chapter 11, we're reminded of the many who, who had this kind of faith, a faith that persevered, a faith that went on forever, And we'll talk about that this morning. This emphasis continues with our own life of faith described in our race. Look at verse uh, verse one. Let's actually read all three verses. I think it's up there on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Well, one of the things that we see here in verse 1 is we need to lay some things aside. We have to lay some things aside in our race as Christians. What are some things? Well, first, we look at this comparison, and we see that comparison of running. He says, let us run the race. The runner who seeks to win, what does he do? He loses as much weight as possible, all right, without hurting his performance. When I was a runner, it was important to be in shape. It was important to to weigh the right amount, to go out and, and, and run as fast as I could. And if I started to put weight on, what would happen? I, I, I'd get slower. And uh, clothes. When you run, you go out to a track meet or a cross-country meet, do you put on a bunch of stuff? No. What do you do? You wear the the least possible that you, that you can during that race. For us, it was those little skimpy shorts. You know what I mean? Uh that you'd wear in a little uh, tank top, all right? And that's what we wore. And uh, eventually, several, several years later, this was after me, but they started wearing those what, uh, like onesies. I know it sounds like a little baby thing, but uh, they, you know, and they just ran in just one like one suit, it was put together like the wrestlers would or something, and that's what they ran in. And um, so excessive weight and excessive clothing All these things can be different between a victory or defeat. All right, here's what I want to do. Uh, What's your name? Sam, right? All right, come on up here, Sam. You can bring the little one. Let's see. Pastor David, come on up here. All right, so now we got Sam here. (laughs) Sam might still beat him. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) No arm wrestling. Got Sam here. Sam's got some weight with him, okay? Not much. But Sam's got a little bit of weight with him. And then there's David over here. Dave's got a little bit of weight too, but who do you think would win a race with with, with Sam having extra weight put on, and then there's David. You're all pointing to Sam. <laughs> You're not making you are not making this illustration easy, folks. All right, all right. So let's let's do this. Sam, let's say that I'm on your back. Okay, probably won't happen. But say I'm on your back, and we're racing David. Who do you think is going to win? Y'all got a lot of confidence in Sam here. (laughs) All right, you guys. Give him a round of applause anyway. (laughs) Thank you. Well, unfortunately, usually that is a good description. So maybe Pastor Dave was not the choice to make. All right. But the reality is whenever we are running a race, we put all this extra stuff on us. What's it going to do? It's going to weigh us down. And we're going to see here in this scripture verse, it continues on, it says... We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight. When you're running a race, the last thing you want to do is put all, all this stuff on you. You don't want to put it on a bunch of clothes and gloves or mittens and a backpack or whatever it might be. I remember when I was in the Army. I know that's hard to believe, too. And uh, man, we would, we would put extra weight on us, and we had to backpack with that stuff. And we're running through the fields and things. We, we've got our rifle with us and stuff, and we're running. And we got all this weight on us. But, man, it felt so good to take all that weight off. When we finally got to a point, oh, man, we could just take it off and just relax. Oh, it was so much simpler. Well, the reality is this. We must lay aside some things in our life as well. First thing is every weight. Things that slow us down or slow down our spiritual progress, such as drunkenness, carousing, the cares of this life, in Luke chapter 21, Verses 34 to 36 is where you find those. Also, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And James 1, verse 21. And some things make running the race of faith very difficult, if not impossible. So as we're running this Christian life, and we're running this life of the race of faith, We have to get ready to run that race and cast off these things that are going to weigh us down. Things that are going to stop us from being the absolute best for Christ that we can be. I know that for many of us, there are things that we struggle with every day. I know I do. Like Pastor said, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And the reality is there are things that weigh down my spiritual life that may be different than your spiritual life. There may be things in your life that are weighing you down as well that may be something that's totally different. But it becomes a weight in our life. We need to take the time to cast off this weight, to put that weight aside. But the second thing, we have to lay aside the sin that so in, so, excuse me, so easily ensnares us. Sin. Everybody in here sins, right? Anybody in here perfect? No. There's none of us are perfect. Who was the only perfect person? Jesus. He walked this earth. He was tempted like we were. People made fun of him. We'll talk about that a little bit later. He went through so much on this earth, and yet, what did Jesus do? He never sinned. Think about that. (laughs) Think about how hard it is for us not to sin. All right? Every day we sin. For some of us, we may sin 500 times a day. Some of us, it might be five times a day. But the reality is, sin causes us to struggle in our walk with Christ. But it's because of God's grace and because of God's mercy that we're able to keep running that race. Even whenever there's things that are weighing you down, God has the ability to lift it off of you. God has the ability to take that burden or that weight that is, that is weighing you down so badly and take it from you. Yeah. Any and all sin should be laid aside. But in this particular context, I truly believe that the sin that he's referring to here is the sin of unbelief. Whenever we un, have unbelief in our life, It causes us to struggle in our faithfulness to Christ. The apostle, the epistle here, excuse me, was written to encourage faithfulness to Christ and to his covenant. We've seen warnings against unbelief in Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 to 13. And when one no longer believes the race is lost, go back to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 29 or 26 to 39. The reality is, is this, with a full assurance of faith and with every hindrance laid aside, we can run the race of faith as God intended. But as we comprehend the true nature of the course set before us, we must appreciate the need for the element of endurance. I'll tell you one thing that I wasn't good at. Being a sprinter was something that I'd always done. You know, 100, 200, 400, that was it. That was a sprint. And when I ran track at, in high school and at Baptist Bible College, those were my events. Maybe a couple relays. The short stuff, that's what I liked. But I remember one time Coach Davis at uh, BBC said to me, he's like, Mike, why don't you come out and run cross country? <laughs> I laughed at him. I'm like, what? Cross country? Isn't that like three miles or something? And uh, he said, sure, man, you come out and do it. And uh, at first I was hesitant. I thought, man, I don't, I don't know if I can run that far. You know, might have actually been five miles. I don't remember. It was either three or five miles. And uh, I wasn't real big on cross country. It wasn't something I was looking forward to doing. But the coach said to me, he says, Mike, this is going to improve your 100-meter time, your 200-meter time, and your 400-meter time. So I said, all right, coach. So Coach Davis and Coach Palmer would get me up in the morning, and I would go running with them and a couple other guys. And, uh, man, I was struggling. I remember the first time I started doing this. And their runs weren't short. Sometimes their runs were 5, six, seven, 10 miles. I'm totally lost. I'm like, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You guys just go on. And I'm way in the back. I remember once, I didn't even know where I was. I was totally lost in, in Abington. I had no idea where I was. And uh, eventually, here comes Coach in a, in a truck. He's like, what's going on? This is not for me, man. That was my first day. And I think it was 6 miles if I remember right. I'm like, man, I can't do this. But I continued. I continued trying and working as hard as I possibly could. And eventually I got to a point that I was actually able to run the whole course. I know some of you are like, okay, yeah, big deal. Well, I was, I was a sprinter. So this whole idea of running this big, long course at Baptist Bible, I, it, just, it was like, hey, this is awesome. I can do this. I can finish the race. So here I am running this race and stuff, and there are times I was really good. The first mile, man, oh, I started out strong. I'd sprint, and I'd, I'd run as fast as I can. I was towards the front, and that first mile, I'm looking good. I'm running like a five-and-a-half, six-minute mile. I'm like, whew, yeah. The next mile was like seven or eight, and the third mile was like nine or ten. The fourth mile, I picked up a little bit, and the last mile I did really good the last mile, too. You know why? Because the last 400 meters, all I knew was the sprint to the finish line. But everywhere else in between there, I was like, uh, uh. I mean, I'm, I'm literally running on the cross-country course, and people are coming up on me. I'm like, just go around. Go around. You know what I mean? It's, that's how I felt. You know? Don't let me, don't let me interrupt you. <laughs> but I remember one time, it was Nationals. Nationals was held at Cedarville University in Ohio, and uh, John Bryan State Park, well, it was a cold morning, somehow I qualified for states, or I qualified for nationals, I know why, it's because you're eligible to bring seven runners, and I was the, the seventh runner, not very good, okay, trust me, and uh, so anyway, we are going to John Bryan Park, I'm like, this is awesome, this is flat, if you've ever been to north, you know, the northern side of Ohio, it's pretty flat over there, And uh, so here I am. I'm thinking I'm gonna do really good on this course. Well, this was in October, November. It started to snow. Well, I'm like, oh, okay. Everybody's like really good. And I mean, when I say really good, I'm like really good. Me, I was not. So everybody got so far ahead of me. There was there was lines telling you exactly which way to go on a course. But guess what? It started to snow. And the snow is coming down so hard, guess what happened? It covered the lines. And guess what happened? I got lost. I did manage to finish the race. I'm not sure that I followed the course the right way. But anyway, uh, I think they actually did put down did not finish, but I did finish. But I don't think I went the right way. But anyway, (laughs) so sometimes the Christian life is like that. You see the direction that you need to go, but then there's all these other things, obstacles in your life that will stop you from going the right way that God wants you to go. And when that happens, we got to refocus. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Because that's our next point. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Let me back up a second. Talking about the endurance, when you look at the the race of faith, it's a marathon. It's like that cross-country race. It's not a sprint. Anybody here ever run a marathon? My friend uh, Jessica, she was my uh, former pastor's daughter. She just ran 13.1 miles in Columbus, Ohio, a uh, half marathon. Whew, bless her soul. <laughs> and she finished. Uh, I think I'd be walking the whole way. Uh, maybe I'd run the first five yards. But the rest of the course, I'd be exhausted. But she finished that race. And uh, when you run a marathon, you take it easy. You start out slow, all right. You—it uh, does not require one quick burst of energy in which uh, the race is quickly over. But this race requires a sustained effort over a long period of time. That's called pacing. And I remember my cross country coach, Coach Palmer and Coach Davis, saying, "Mike, you got to learn to pace yourself. You got to learn to pace yourself." Well, that never really happened because I never knew what pacing really was, because sprinters don't know paces. We only have one pace. (laughs) That's it, all right? So I never really learned how to pace myself very well. I did in the 400, but beyond that, there wasn't much pacing in my life, uh, as far as cross-country went. But the reality is, when you look at your life as a Christian, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And when you run that race... You need to realize is that endurance is necessary. You have to have endurance. How many times does it talk about endurance and perseverance throughout scriptures? All right. Let us run the race. All right. The race with the set before us with endurance. With endurance. What does that mean? Jesus often taught his disciples concerning the need for endurance. Example would be patience. Anybody in here have patience? Okay. Bless your souls. All right. In the peril of the sower of the seed, there's an example. In preparing the disciples for the limited commission in Matthew chapter 10 is an example. In his discourse on the Mount of Olives is an example. The writer of Hebrews has stressed this virtue earlier in which he appealed to an example of Abraham in Hebrews chapter 6, in which he quoted from Habakkuk in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 to 39. And we can develop such patience with the help of scriptures. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. And as we read of the faithfulness of God who fulfills his promise, and as we read of the ultimate end of those who persevered in the faith and their faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 11 is about that. These are people, that great cloud of witnesses. These are the people who have lived that life. Old Testament saints who lived the life of faith those that have gone before us, that have lived the life of faith. These are the individuals who want us to succeed. Why? Because they've lived that life. They've ran that race, and they desire for each of us to run that that race with perseverance and endurance. Paul wrote that eternal life would be given to those who may be patient, continuous, and doing good, uh, in doing good, seek for work, excuse me, glory, honor, and immorality in Romans chapter two, verse seven. Therefore, endurance is required for successfully running this race of faith. The Christian life is not easy. Anybody here think it's easy? It's difficult. We live in a world today where it's even more difficult than it was 10 or 15 years ago. Man, I I can't even imagine in our high school people bringing guns into our school. You know what I mean? Things have changed. We as Christians have to stand up for what's right. We have to stand up for our faith. And oftentimes we're being persecuted for that now. And it's almost viewed as a, a hate crime because of the fact that we are so passionate about our relationship with Christ. But Christ never said the Christian life was going to be easy. In James, he talks about it. He says, count it joy when you fall into diverse temptations, when you fall into diverse trials. The reality is the Christian life is going to be filled with obstacles, obstacles. And as you're running that race, there are going to be obstacles in your way. Now, you could stop right there and say, oh, I give up. This obstacle is just, it's too much. It's too much to climb. You know what I mean? I, I can't do it. I just, I want to stop. And we have that times in our life where we have that doubt, where we want to stop, where we want to quit, where we want to give up, where we question God. And there's nothing wrong with questioning God, but the reality is God knows the answer. He's a sovereign God. He's in control. The problem is, is we doubt God or we don't like the answers that God gives us. God's got three answers. Yes, no, and wait. We do real real great when it comes to the yes. And we don't do so well when it's no, because it's probably something that we really want, that God doesn't want us to have. But it's the maybe that we struggle with. Because that requires what? Patience, and there was only three of you that had had that. So, all right, <laughs> required patience. And uh, equally important, whenever we think about the Christian life and the Christian race, is where we have our mind focus as we run the race. Look in verse two, and in verse three. It says this: We must look unto Jesus. You see, the problem is a lot of times we don't look at the finish line when we're running the race. As a sprinter, that was all I did. I kept my eyes straight forward. I looked straight forward and I was like, there's the finish line, that's my goal. And I ran that race with the determination to be the first one across that line and to do it well. That was the ultimate goal. As Christians, we are called to focus and to look on Christ. Our focus needs to be upon the Lord as we run that race. We might glance at others. Ever happen? You ever run? And when you're running, you're watching the guy beside you? My coach always told me, you never do that. Because you take your eyes off the prize, what happens? You slow down. You struggle in your race. All right? It becomes an obstacle in many ways. So we might glance at others, but we... But we are to gaze upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep our focus on him. I, I, this, this is not mine. This is from a book called Formula for Spiritual Success. And here's what it says. It suggested. It says, if you want to be distressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, look back. If you want to be distracted, look around. If you want to be dismayed, Look ahead. If you want to be delivered, look up. For many of us, we might fall in those first four. But the fifth one, we need to realize, if we truly want to be delivered and run this race well, we have to look up. We have to look to see where the finish line is. And who is that? Jesus, the founder, the author of our faith. Jesus is the founder and the author of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He has blazed the trail for us. Many of these in Hebrews chapter 11 have blazed that trail before us. And by having run the race himself, as a forerunner, he entered the heavenly sanctuary in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. He has opened a new and living way for us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. And now he helps us to finish it ourselves. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He succeeded in running the race by looking at the joy set before him. What's that joy? The joy that inspired him was likely the privilege of being seated at God's right hand. With the anticipation of such joy, Jesus endured the cross. Physical pain. Despise the shame, emotional and spiritual agony. And just as Jesus looked at the joy set before him, we must look to Jesus. I was also taught that when I was running, that if it's not hurting, you probably aren't working hard enough. You know what I mean? When you're exercising, it's going to burn. It's going to hurt. When you're weight lifting, if you're feeling all great, then you're probably not weight, You're probably not lifting much, much weight, right? You probably need to lift some more weights. The race is going to hurt at times, but the reality is that that pain that you go through is only going to make you stronger. Some of us this morning may be going through some pain in our Christian life, doubting God, questioning God, whatever it might be. And we sit there in our Christian life and we sit there and we think, why God, why? Why? Well, here's the thing we must consider. We must consider him. We must consider how he endured not only the cross, but even before that. How he endured such hostility from sinners that were against him. In verse 3 Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that he may not grow weary. We may not grow, you may not, I may not, David may not grow weary or faint hearted. By focusing on Christ and what Christ did for us and everything he went through for us, it helps me to run my, my race better. Still not perfect. None of us are. But by putting my focus and my attention on the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith, it helps us in our race called life and the race called faith. Meditating upon our warlord will prevent us from becoming weary and discouraged. We used to have Bible study <clears throat> at our high school. Mrs. Sankey used to run it. I don't know if you remember Mrs. Sankey, David. I think she worked in the library. Mrs. Da- Mrs. Sankey was, she was like the aide. There had to be a teacher's aid, you know, in the room when we were going through this and stuff. And we had a Bible study every morning. And I can honestly tell you that even in high school, the times that I met together with other believers and we prayed and we started off the day in, in, in word, and God's word, and praying together, I felt like, come on, Satan, bring it on. I felt like he couldn't, he couldn't do anything to stop me, you know what I mean, as a, as, a, as a Christian. But the days that I didn't, I wasn't in God's word, and the days that I didn't pray, that's when I found Satan saying, pew, pew. and man, he'd shoot those darts at me, and they'd hit me. Why? Because I didn't arm myself enough for the battle. I didn't prepare myself. I wasn't in God's word. I wasn't praying. May have been a period in my life where I was very upset with God or bitter with God or whatever it might be. But the reality is, it's those times that I was with other believers that I felt the strongest in my life. Your pastor and I were sitting there talking last night about having men that hold you accountable. I can honestly say in all the years of ministry, I've never really had that. It's, It's sad. Oftentimes when you become a pastor, yeah, the deacons are supposed to hold you accountable, but they become more of the, the policers than anything. And um, yeah, I struggled with my Christian walk even as a pastor. But there's, there was always some people I could turn back to. There was people that I could call. One of them was, he was the best man in my wedding. David was in my wedding too, but it uh, uh, was Pastor Lou. Pastor Lou was my youth pastor several years later. Pastor Dave was first and then Pastor Lou. And Pastor Lou was always one that I could give a call to and say, brother, man, I just really need some prayer. And um, he was always an encouragement to me. Even when I'd done wrong, he was still there for me to encourage me. We need to surround ourselves with people that are gonna be that encouragement to us. We need to surround ourselves with God's word so that we don't grow weary or faint-hearted. We cannot run with endurance if we become weary and discouraged. But as we consider the Lord and his example, in and of itself, the form of waiting upon the Lord, we shall not grow weary nor faint. Isaiah forty thirty one. Anybody know that scripture verse? We shall mount up our wings as eagles. We shall run. There you go. It's tough in a Christian life. I know, because I've been there. I accepted Christ at the age of twelve. There's periods of my life where I walked away from walked away from the church, was very bitter with God, questioned him a lot. But every time I turned my focus back to who he was and what he did for me, that's when my life began to change for the positive again. If you had told me years ago that I would have well, let's go back to when I was a junior high or high school you you had told me that God was going to use me in ministry, I would have laughed at you. Um, I remember going to Camp Manowagon, and that's where I made the decision that uh, God was going to use me in ministry. But I wasn't sure how, because I didn't feel pastorally enough. Or look at my life, I thought my life was a wreck. We had family issues all the way through. And, um, but as I, as I continued to run the race, and I, I continued to focus on God, I found that the race was much more easier, I should say, to run. Well, in conclusion, I wanna leave you guys with this. Three things. First, running the race of faith requires negative and positive elements. Negatively, we must lay aside things that could hinder us. Positively, we must keep our focus on Jesus who has made our salvation possible. If you're here and you don't know Christ, Talk to Pastor Dave, talk to a friend, talk to the person who invited you. Come to know Jesus Christ. Join in that race of faith. The second thing is in both cases, the word of God, the Bible is critical. For in it, we learned what sort of things we must lay aside. For in it, we must, we also learn about our Lord, what he endured, and it shows an example that should inspire us. I want you to picture with me Christ and what he did for us. We just celebrated Easter. We celebrated what Christ did for each and every single one of us that are in this room. He died on a cross. He's walking through town. People are spitting on him. That's disgusting. What did Jesus do? He continued to keep his eye on the prize. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you become a runner in this race of faith. If you're here and you've never done that, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody. Talk to somebody about how you can enter this life of faith. Enter this race of faith. Last thing, have you lost your endurance? Have you grown weary in running the faith, the race of faith? Let the Bible help you examine what baggage should be left aside. For many of us, we might have some things in here that are stopping us from being the best Christian that we can be. Myself included. These are the things that we need to lay aside. We need to put aside so that we can run that race that is set before us. Let the Bible help you learn about Jesus, whose own example can encourage you to continue on with perseverance. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it says this. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For us that have accepted Jesus Christ, we know what that promise is. Being with him forever and eternity. My prayer this morning, this isn't my words. this is God's word. God's word is clear. We all are running the race of faith. The question is, are there things that you need to lay aside? Are there things that you need to to cast off? The weights that you need to take off your shoulders while you're running this race so that you can be the best Christian that you can be. And even whenever you do struggle, guess what? We serve a God of grace. God of mercy, who loves each and every single one of us. And as we turn our eyes back to him and we focus on him, he helps us up. He says, don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. And my prayer this morning is is that you will realize not to give up in the race, and how important it is to look to Christ as the ultimate example, as the finish line. Thing, Like I said, if you're not a true believer, you don't have a relationship with Christ, my prayer this morning is that you would turn your eyes upon him and you would admit that you're a sinner. Believe on Jesus Christ. Believe what he has done for you and choose to have that relationship. Now, that's it. I want to challenge you guys to be mindful of God's word what you need to do in your life as well as I need to do in my life to be a better Christian